chapter number 5. We're going to read verse 12, then jump down to 17. Uh, it's such an honor to be with you. Give honor to the Greens and their kindness for allowing us to come and, uh, and even letting us come next week. Now, once you hear my wife speak, um, you're going to fire me and hire her. So um, it's just it's what it is. Uh, she has been seeking the Lord, and she's a little stressed out about it. But I told her, I said, you'll do a great job. I said, just... Get a word from God and go in there. Well, you do it all the time. I said, well, you'll be just fine. I mean, you speak to the hyphen, you do deals. I said, you'll be great. So she's going to do a great job looking forward to what the Lord's going to do with the ladies and give God praise. All the husbands say, praise God for my wife. Amen. All the single men that's ready to get married say, praise God that God's going to give me a wife one day. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let me just give you a word. Two are better than one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse number 12. The Bible said, and David perceived. Everyone say perceived. He literally, he perceived, he perceived to believe to be the case. That's what perceived means. He believed it to be the case. He perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel. See, it's one thing for God to set you up to be somebody or to call you or to place an anointing on your life, but you got to believe it to be so. you got to perceive it. you got to understand. That's what God wants me to do. That's who I am. I'm not some low life. I'm not some weak, anemic Christian. My God, I'm a son and I'm a daughter of the Lord. You've got to perceive. You, you've got to believe it to be so. Hey, if it's not of faith, it's sin. You've got to believe it to be so. You say, okay, okay, God. This is really big for me. This is really hard for me. But I perceive it to be so that you have set me up for something that is big, powerful, wonderful. It's not pride just to believe that God's word, what he said, who you are and what you need to be. It's just confidence. It's just trust. He perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel. And that he had exalted his kingdom for his people Israel's sake. <laughs> Everything that God does in you, he does it for the sake of the body of Christ and for the kingdom of God. He'll elevate you to elevate the body. He'll bless you to bless the body. But you got to perceive it to be so. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Verse 17, and when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel. <laughs> Everything changes. The enemy finds out there's an anointing on you. What does the Bible say? All. Say all. all. Isn't it amazing how all the Philistines come to seek out David simply because they heard he was anointed. They didn't see the anointing. They didn't see him get anointed. They just heard that he was anointed to be the king. And so all of them come out the woodwork. They all come out to seek David, and David heard of it. What did he do? He should have said, 
Yep. I, I perceived I was the king, and no matter if the ill Philistines are coming out against me, I'm still the king. But instead, he goes down into the hole. Which we know it's a stronghold city, a fortified city. He's literally going to prepare for battle because the enemy's coming. I get that. But your anointing does not, should not be affected because what you go through or what you face or what's coming against you. And so the Philistines came also and they spread themselves in the valley, in the valley of Rephim, which literally means a broad depression. That's what that word means. Then David, what did David do? What was his response when all the Philistines come against him? He inquires of the Lord. What does that mean? That means he asked a question to expecting an answer from the Lord. He inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will, wilt, I like that, wilt thou deliver them into thy, mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, All the Philistines are against him. He's perceived he's the king. He's anointed. They heard he's anointed. Everything's stacked against him. He inquires of the Lord, and then he gets a word from God. And God says to him, go up. For I will doubtless deliver. I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. <laughs> and David came to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. Guess what happened? Next verse. And when David, and when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up. Things change. Verse 22. And the Philistines came up yet again. But for every again the Philistines have, God's got again, and he's got a word to overcome it. And when they come again, he inquired of the Lord again. Just because you're anointed, ain't going, it ain't going to mean it's always smooth sailing, but it's safe sailing. I feel like preaching to somebody this morning. How many of you just helped me preach? I'll try not to preach as long as I did last time. I'll try. Amen. Let me preach on this subject, doubtless deliverance. Doubtless deliverance. Would you clap your hands one more time to the Lord? Give a shout of praise unto the Lord, everybody. Praise God. God bless you. you may be seated in the name of the Lord. I think that there are times that it is critically important. That we, as men of God and the people of God, expose every lie of the enemy. Scripture teaches us we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to understand his tactics and his agenda and his, his operational standards that he brings and lodges against us. I stand today in direct opposition of every lie of the enemy that he's been lying to you. 
I arise to this sacred desk on this Sunday, hot, beautiful afternoon, and tell every person in this house, you are fixable. You are repairable. You are able to be restored. There is a restoring nature that God can put in you. There is something that when you feel like it's not fixable and it can't get turned around and it's never going to get better. There's an amazing thing about God that His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are past finding out. He is a God that can still make a way where there seems to be no way. He is a God that can give you an oasis in a dry season. He's a God that can lead you to a river when your mouth is parched and you have nowhere to turn and nowhere to go. I still believe he's the way maker. He's still the problem solver. He's still the soul satisfier. He's still a God of deliverance. He's a God of hope. He's a God of strength. He's a God of peace. He's a God of joy. He's a God of love. He's a God of compassion. I don't care how messy that it is. You're fixable. I just want to kick the devil in the face on this Sunday. And I just want to let him know, you've had all kinds of words for me. I've got a word for you. I'm repairable, devil. I'm fixable, devil. God. He can, God can make a new creature out of me. He can establish my goings. He can direct my path. He can save my soul. He can heal my marriage. He can bring things back together. Why? Because I am fixable. What are you talking about? I'm fixable. I'm capable of being corrected. I'm repairable. The missing pieces in my life, like the missing pieces of a puzzle that you're putting together and you can't find that one or that two pieces that they've fallen somewhere and got lost somewhere and traveled. Maybe you put the puzzle together before, but over time, how do you know what I'm talking about? You get it all together and then there's just that one can't find that'll complete the picture of the puzzle. <laughs> it may seem elementary, but God has the ability and God can find the missing pieces of your life and he can put it all together because he wants to paint a beautiful picture and he wants the world to see his majesty and his glory. How he took you and brought you out of drugs and out of the off of the bar stool into the house of God. God wants to paint a beautiful picture that what you thought
God will take a broken, he'll take a broken, messed up life, and he'll start placing pieces together. It'll paint a beautiful picture. And so your family says, my God, I didn't think my daddy was ever going to stop drinking, but now he's at and drank in six months. I didn't think my daddy was ever going to get fixed. I didn't think my father was ever going to get repaired. But until he come in contact with Jesus, and Jesus started repairing him, and Jesus started fixing him. What did, what did people in the Bible have in common, such as the boy that was possessed of the devil? What did the woman with the issue of blood have in common with the devil-possessed boy that was delivered? What did Peter, who cut the man's ear off, Malchus, have in common with the Paul that was once Saul that persecuted the church and was have Christians killed? What did Lazarus, who was a dead man, have in common with the demoniac of Mark chapter number 5 that couldn't fix himself? He was, he was not tameable. Nobody could help him. Nobody could get him out of his deliverance. Nobody could turn his life around. He would cry and cut himself with stones. What did the demoniac have in common with the blind man? What did the blind man have in common with blind Bartimaeus that sat by the highway side as a beggar? What did all these people in scripture that had problems and issues and messed up lives and messed up families, some of them, and bad mistakes and poor decisions, what did all of them have in common? They were all fixable. Their arm may have been crippled, but God restored it whole. Their eyes may have never saw light, but God allowed them to see. It may have been for 12 years that she spent all of her money. Instead of getting better, she gets, wor she gets worse. She was miserable. Her life was a wreck. She had an issue for 12 years. But that woman, she was fixable. She was repairable. God could turn it all around for her. mercy preacher Moses was a murderer <laughs> but Moses was fixable David was an adulterer but David was fixable I defy the lies of hell that says you messed up too long and you've done it for far too long that the grace and the mercy and the love of God, come on, you're accessible, you're fixable, you're repairable. Hey, God wants to put something back together. God wants to repair somebody. God wants to fix somebody today. Believe that, clap your hands and give God some praise. Jesus is laying down his life where God Almighty got blood to shed blood for all of humanity. What was going on at Calvary 
What was God saying to a broken world? He was saying, I can fix it. I can turn it around. I can seek and save that which was lost. You don't don't understand my situation. I don't have to understand your situation. You're fixable. Yeah, you're fixable. Devil's been lying to you for 12 years. Doctor can't fix you. Nobody can turn it around. But one day when she said in her heart, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. What That day she got convinced. That day she got perception right. That day she perceived herself to be made that day she perceived herself to be made whole she said within her heart if I can just touch the hem of his garment I will be made whole I feel like David felt when the Philistines was challenging God's people in the valley of Elah, when the Philistine, the Goliath that was there, that was not a part of God's people, that was taunting the children of Israel, was mocking them and making fun of them. The Bible gives us, it's so amazing to me, how that the Bible gives us all the measurements of Goliath's army. It tells us how big the shield is and how big the sword and the coat of man. And it gives us all these dimensions and and all these characteristics of of how big Goliath is. You know why? Because anything of the adversary is measurable. He can be measured. He can be figured out. Well, he's this tall. Okay, I'm glad I know how tall he is because the power of God is immeasurable. Well, man, he's got a big old sword and a coat of mail, and my God, it's like a weaver's beam. I'm glad I know how big he thinks he is. But the Bible never tells us, it never tells us the dimension or the circumference of the five smooth stones. It never tells us how measurable the power of the name of Jesus is. But when old David comes to a measured in Come on, the devil's measurable. I said the devil's measurable. You can fi- We're not ignorant of his devices. We can figure him out. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You can measure the enemy, but you give me a saint of God that has the name of Jesus in their mouth and the immeasurable God. The devil has not a chance. He has not a chance with somebody that has the power of the Holy Ghost, that has the power of the name of Jesus. I'm trying, sis. I'm trying to let them know that you can't measure. You can't measure God. It's bigger. He's greater. He's more wonderful. He's limitless. Come on, He's without measure. Hey, 
Favor's not fair. And the fight is fixed. Did you hear what I said? The fight is fixed. It's rigged. The enemy thinks he's going to win. He's never going to win. The only way he can win is through his lies. And if you know what his lie is, you can take it. You can mark it down. It won't happen the way the devil said it would because everything out of his mouth is a lie. Weaver's beam. I mean, every time we talk to him, we got to look up to him because he's so tall. You can get his dimensions. The, the, tailor, the tailor can figure out what size suit he wears. I'm glad to know what he needs. But when it comes to victory and when it comes to the battle and when it comes to who God's people are, there's more... There's more for you than there is against you. Come on. The battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's paddle. Well, isn't it amazing that there's some battles you will have to fight just because you're anointed? of them. All of the Philistines come out against him. I mean, you'd think you'd just send 20 or 30 or maybe 50 or 100. But however many that there were, they all come out against him. Why? They heard he was anointed. Take it as a compliment that the anointing of God is on your life and tell the devil, I can count you, but you can't count how big this is. I can measure you, but you can't measure the... Come on, the heavens can't contain him. His glory, his glory fills the earth. You can't go where God's not. He said, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. You're fixable. You're repairable. You're fixable. You're repairable. I'm going to lose this battle. No, you're not. If the devil said you're going to lose it, you're going to win it. You can, usually you can just take the opposite of what he says because he can't tell the truth. There is no truth in him. He is the father of life. He is the father of life. So here's the deal. You've got to perceive. I believe it to be so. I'm a winner, not a loser. I'm not giving you some weird doctrine here. I'm trying to put some confidence in you in God. Come on. It's not by might nor by power, but it is by His Spirit. When you got the Holy Ghost, there's more to you than meets the eye. When you got baptized in Jesus' name, there's more to you than meets the eye. I can measure him. I know what he's up to. I know he's trash talking you. I know he's trying to mess your marriage. I know he's driving a wedge in your home. But if I can get the power of God moving, if I can get a hold of a great big God that can... 
He can can still turn my morning into dancing. He can give me beauty. He said, I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you the oil. I'll give you the oil. Take my ashes, I'll take the beauty. You can have the spirit of heaviness. I'm going to take the garment of praise. Well, let me, let me put you, let me give you a little armament. Let me stick it on you. Let me stick it on you, David. We, we need to get you protected. We need to get you covered up. We, we need to get you everything you need to go fight this battle. He puts it on. He's like, man, this don't fit. I haven't proved it. I haven't worked through this. I haven't worked to work out with this. I haven't tried this out. You know, I don't need this. But what they didn't realize is all God needed was just a stone. All he needed was something solid, something rock, just to be slung from his hand. And when he comes in the valley of Elah and he just says, I don't come to you with sword and spear. I don't come to you with something that's measurable. I don't come to you with a, with a smaller sword or, or a medium-sized sword or a skinny sword or a fat sword. I don't come to you with a five-foot sword or an eight-foot sword. I come to you with a name that's above every name. I come to you with something that is immeasurable. I come to you with something that you can't figure out. When I say Jesus, how are you going to measure? How can you measure the sound waves that comes out of my mouth? Oh, we can call it decibels, the loudness of it. But I, I don't have the ability to take a temp measure and measure that word as it comes out of my mouth. Because that name is above every name. That name, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should Every knee's going to bow. The problem, the problem was not that he perceived and he believed it to be so. It can be seen. The issue was when they heard he was anointed. There's battles right now that are raging. Just because you've been anointed. Simply because the anointing of the Holy Ghost is on your life. Thank you for trying though. (laughs) What are you saying preacher? I'm saying the battle you're in right now is not because something you've done wrong. The battle that you're in right now is because you're doing the right thing. You understand when you understand who you are, and God puts an anointing on your life. The devil better take notice. The devil better realize you better get all the Philistines. You better get your cronies. You better get your imps. You better get every demonic spirit. Because I preach it to somebody right now. You're too anointed to be disappointed. God's hands on your life. Pastor, Pastor Greena, I got a revelation. 
I got a revelation. Here's what this revelation is. Me and the devil have something in common. You know what we have in common? We both know that I'm anointed. Don't let the enemy's perception of you be higher or stronger or more motivated than your perception of yourself. Understand who you are. I'm an anointed vessel of God. Yeah. There's more to me than meets the eye. God's going to use me. God's going to anoint me. God's going to strengthen me. God's hand is on my life. I'm going to do something mighty for God. I'm going to do something mighty for God. I wish I could run the aisles. I wish I could let the devil know. Hey, I know who I am. Somebody lift your hands and give him some praise up in this house. dance because you're repairable. You ought to dance because you're fixable. You ought to shout because you know God can. You ought to do it because you know he's able. You ought to do it because he's well able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. Hey, I'm dancing in the battle. I'm dancing when they're coming against me. I'm going to praise him in the middle of adversity. I'm going to praise him in the middle of the fight. Come on, take a few moments and give him glory. That anointing's on me. That anointing's on me, God. A few more moments. A few more moments. Be seated. A few more moments. God, God, they're 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 all coming out against me. My God, everywhere I turn, they're after me. Everywhere I look, something else is going on. Everywhere I turn, something else is happening. I can't seem to get ahead. I take one step forward and I got two steps back. I'm trying. I'm working. I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm trying my best, uh, but it's all stacked up against me. You know what you do in those moments? Uh, You inquire of the Lord. God, am I supposed to fight this battle? God, am I supposed to? You know, we do well sometimes uh, just to ignore the devil. It would be well sometimes uh, just to overlook his stupidity and say, I'm not giving you the time of day, devil. I'm going to keep on marching. 
I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on loving God. I'm still going to preach. I'm still going to reach. I'm still going to be apostolic. I'm still going to be holy. I'm still going to be righteous. I'm still going to be godly. Oh, Lord, what, what are you going to do? They're all coming against you. Oh, I'm going to go seek the Lord, and God's going to give me a word, and I'm gonna, that word's going to come to pass. What am I going to do? God, what, am I, what can I do, God? What do you want me to do? Well, go up. Go up. Go up. He tells them, go up. And then he said, for I will doubtless, without doubt, without doubt, I will doubtless deliver you. Somebody needs to get something in your spirit today that it's without doubt that God wants to deliver you. Come on, come on. Yeah, you're anointed, but you need deliverance. You need deliverance from your enemy. You need deliverance from what the devil's doing. Hey, well, I'm anointed. I don't need anything. Hey, when you're anointed, you need a word from God, and you need a deliverance from God. God will doubtless deliver you. It's going to happen whether the Philistines want it or not. It's going to happen no matter how many they have or not. God's going to bring great deliverance. God's going to step in my world. And God's going to bring deliverance in my world. For God will doubtless, God will doubtless receive it now. Receive of the Lord now. He can't The deliverers in the house. The deliverers in the house. Somebody lift your hands and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. This in a few days, you're walking into a country. Come on. You're going with one of my best friends in all the world. I've been friends with the dad since I was 14 years old. You're going to walk in there. It's not going to be easy. I'm fixing to pray for you that God will impart something into you that when you go into that country, you have substances and tools and resources and giftings in you to be what God's called you to be. It does not mean that the Philistines will not come against you. It does not mean that you will not battle and you will not have to work and pray and fast to overcome. But God is well able to equip you for this season and equip you for the battle that is ahead. You're going to march with me. We're going to march together. I need you to make room here. You're going to march. Nobody touch her. Everybody leave her alone. Sis, you're going to march with me. We're going to march. You're going into a battle. Nobody touch her. Nobody touch her. Just let her go by herself. You're going into a battle all alone and by yourself. But I want you to know when you're anointed and you're doing what the Holy Ghost wants you to do and you're being what God wants you to be, there is an equipping and there is an anointing on your life. 
church, uh, I want you to lift your hands in the air. I want you to begin to worship and magnify God. There is an anointing that has sent this house to break every yoke of bondage and sin. You need to know that without doubt, without doubt, deliverance will come. I want you to raise your hands. Everybody close your eyes, throw your hands in the air. The power of the Holy Ghost is in this house. Jesus, I curse infirmity, I curse sickness that attacks your body. I declare healing right now. I declare healing and protection over you now. In the name. I want every worship leader if you lead and worship in this church, meaning you're the point man or point woman in a worship set, I want you to come and join me over here on the right. I want worship leaders, not just praise singers, but you lead in worship. You Sometimes you do lead. I want you to come here. If you are a minister in this church, you are either licensed or acknowledged as a preacher. I'm talking pulpit ministry. I want you to come to my left. I want you to come over here. It is time we quit allowing the enemy to treat us like a child. What are you talking about? I'm talking about when you reach out to get involved in something and he slaps your hands. Reach out, sir. The enemy does this. You reach out to get involved in something. You didn't do anything wrong. You're just following your giftings and callings and burdens. And the enemy comes out and he slaps your hands. Why? He wants you to let go of it. He wants you to put your hands down. And then what happens? You feel strong again. You feel anointed again. You pray and you fast and you feel God doing something. So you reach back out to get involved again. And the enemy comes along and he slaps your hands again. 
What's he doing? He's treating you like a child. He's training you. Don't touch that. That's hot. Don't touch that. That's fire. Don't touch that. That's gifting. Don't touch that. That's changing people's lives. And you say, man, I'm backing up. Then a month later, man, you get your mojo back. And you're my God, I'm called of God. I'm gifted. God wants me to do something. You engage again. And he slaps you. But here's what can happen. If enough of us say, you know what? We're going to pursue together. We're going to unite together. Together. We're going to link up with pastor and link up with our brother. We're not in competition one with another. We don't care who gets pulpit time or who gets the limelight. We're working together. We're going to reach into this harvest. And then the enemy's like, put your hands up. He's like, my God, I got to slap that one. I got to slap that one. And by the time I get this one slapped, he's got his hands back up. And I slap that one. 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 And you know what? He's working overtime. Come on. The liberal spirits of this. The liberal spirits of this city is trying to control and manipulate apostolic authority and the ministry of God's word. But you got to perceive I'm a king. I'm a preacher. I believe it to be so. Put your hand out. Me slapping your hand will never change who you are. Get your hand back. Me slapping your hand will never change your name. Put your, me slapping your hand never change your identity. If you refuse to allow it to happen, if you refuse to allow it to affect your spirit, don't let bitterness get in. Don't let offense get in. Why? The enemy will use anything. If he can get you by slapping your pinky, he'll get it. If he can get you by your index or your middle finger or your thumb, he'll do whatever he's got to do. Whether it's a tarsal or a metatarsal, or it's a fragment of your hand or your wrist. Sometimes. He's got to grab your arm. And he said, I told you to stop it. And he attacks. Then you just say, greater is he that's in me. Whatever measurement you have, it's greater in me. So what's fixing to happen? A mindset. A mindset. The mind of Christ. We're going to learn. We're going to gird up the loins of our mind. We're going to put on the mind of Christ. I'll tell you something that Christ never did. He never quit. Spirit leads him into a wilderness. To be tempted, it was all to be tempted of the devil. But when every temptation come, you know what hell was screaming to him? Give up! Quit! Bow down! Bow out! Throw in the towel! Instead of quitting, he said it is written. Instead of bowing, he said it is written. Instead of giving in, he said it is written. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I'm a vessel for God. I'm going to lead in worship. I'm going to sing like I've never sang. I'm going to pray and fast and seek God after you have your baby. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. I'm going to perceive. I'm going I'm to understand that those people need anointing to feel. So I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to visit the altar. I'm going to die out. I'm not going to be cart. Tell you what the enemy does. You know what the enemy does? He wants to weave a thread of carnality in the music department. 
in and out. Because why? He wants to get one pull and one tug. He don't want y'all working in harmony and together. He don't want you joining hand to hand. He don't want you working in unison. Why? Because he knows through your mouth and through your ministry it ushers the people of God to the presence of God and so he knows my God if I can shut it down up there I can shut it down out there and he knows preachers if there is no word there is nothing to save people because without the foolishness of preaching God chose it to save them that believe he knows but we know also Fight the fight because the fight is rigged and the fight is fixed and we're going to win. And when the enemy comes in, when he comes in, one writer said, one theologian said to read it like this, when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the spear of the Lord will raise a standard against him. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the enemy coming like a flood. He never sent a flood to Noah, and he couldn't stop the flood that came to Noah. God is in, He's the God that orders floods, not the devil. When the enemy comes in like a flood, hey, what I did back in Exodus and Genesis, what I did with Noah and his family, I can bring a spiritual flood to push out and to drown out and to drive out the enemy. Sister Green, you guys are building an amazing house. These people are excited about your new home. But with that new home, God is bringing a new season. It's a new season of freshness and newness. I felt it from the moment I've been in the city since yesterday. Almost told you last night, but God's brought us to this moment. And you know what? This church needs to believe that uh, although it's a natural thing that God's allowed them miraculously to build and we ought to be thankful for it because they're helping break this poverty mindset in this city and for you. We ought to be happy about it. Can you be happy when I'm blessed? Come on. Can, he said, I'll bless them that bless you. Can you be happy when God's blessings on my life? But with that blessing, it's coming a new season. There's a new season. I want your children to know there's a new season coming to the green. What's that smell? The smell of fresh paint. It's nice and new. This is something totally different. I'm not living at that other house that I was at because I'm at a new place. And what's happened physically is going to happen spiritually. And God is moving. There's a curse, there's a curse that's been set over this church and in this city. And we're fixing to pray that the curse be broken. What I'm doing, I'm waiting on some of you to agree with me right now. I'm, wa I'm waiting on some of you to agree with me right now. I'm going to count to three. When I'm done with three, you're going to scream at me. I'm fixable. You ready? After you say you're fixable, you're going to worship the Lord. Some of you, if you feel led, I want you just to run to the altar. I'm not talking walk. I'm talking run. As an act of faith and expectation that when you get up here, something's going to be broken. You ministers that have been so intimidated and you've been shy and introverted spiritually, you can be an introvert physically, but it's not the will of God to be an introvert spiritually. 
Boldness will come to you. Authority. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is upon you. It's dunamis power. It's power in action. It's like a locomotive. Says, I got a heavy load, but I'm going to keep on cranking. And I'm going to keep on pushing. And I'm going to keep on working. So I'm going to count to three when I'm done. You're going to say you're fixable. And when I'm done with that, I'm going to pray that whatever curse. Literally. Literally, I don't think I've ever done something like this or said that, but that's what I feel. Did y'all hear that? Those curses left at your front door about four years ago, little statues, witchcraft and idolatry and nonsense. Come on, that spirit of this city, we've got to break beyond that and break through that. Somebody say, somebody say with me, I have that power. Somebody say, I have that authority. Somebody say, I am a believer. I will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Are you ready? On three, you're fixable. Then after that, you're going to come in response and worship. Ministry is going to lay hands on you. Deliverance is in the house. Hope is in the house. You musicians, God wants to use some of y'all. You lead them in worship, you're going to lead over them in prayer. The Holy Ghost is going to use you to minister to this body. Okay? Are you ready? If you're not hungry and you don't want nothing, you stay where you are. But if you want something from God, we're not going to make you, force you to do anything. But if you're hungry for change and hungry for deliverance, you're going to come. And it's just Ready? One, two, three. I am fixable. Lift your hands and worship God and come. Come with your hands raised. Come wherever you are. I want you to come and let people pray over you. Let people minister to you in prayer. Come on, ministry, find somebody to pray for. Come on, youth team. Come on, youth pastor. Come on, minister, find somebody to pray with. We command the curse to be broken. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive deliverance in the name of Jesus. God will doubtless deliver. Be healed in the name of Jesus. 
be set free in the name of Jesus. That's it, ministry. Obey the Holy Ghost right now. I need saints of God to help me obey the Holy Ghost. Come on, young people, girls right there, I want you praying. Young people, I want you praying. Reach over and grab that person's hand that's next to you. Young girls, I want you praying. Young men, I want you praying. Mamas and daddies, I want you praying. Come on, we're seeking the Lord right now. We're going after God. We're praying God to reverse the curse. Come on, let the Holy Ghost minister to you right now. 